Hey everyone, this is Brandon from the Nomads of Fantasy Podcast, and in this episode, we're going to be reflecting on the movie Sin City. We're hoping that by now, most people have seen this one. If you haven't seen it, I would watch that before listening to this episode. But if you have, we're going to get into mostly the look and feel of this movie. And this is also part of the Year of Bruce, where we're watching couple more movies dedicated to bruce willis and that's the music so that's my cue to get out of here and let dave bring us into this episode enjoy he sat there staring at the screen face illuminated waiting to talk about a comic book movie staring at his nomad co-host he could barely tear his fragile mind from what was really happening in Baldur's gate was Carlac really the love of his life? Why are the Gith Yankees such dickheads? Focus, focus, kill the noise. Ready to start talking now. He took a final sip of his Tito's and tonic and started the show. <clears throat> Welcome, Nomads. Welcome, Nomads, to the Nomads of Fantasy, a weekly video game and movie podcast where we make a new universe our home every week. This is episode 123. And with us this week, uh, we have from the dirty downtown <laughs> area, we have Eric. An old man dies, a little girl lives. Fair trade. Oh, very poetic. Uh, and from the docks, we have uh, Dock Worker Brandon. Fine coat like that, and you're bleeding all over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, these you probably don't know these quotes because I feel like this is a very underrated and undervalued movie. Uh, we were talking about the 2005 comic book noir classic Sin City. It's been out for a while, and you don't really hear much about this movie. And I don't know. I had an inkling to feel to watch this one, so threw it on the calendar, and it, it, I was pleasantly impressed with this one. So. Well, we're doing the we're doing some episodes dedicated uh, to Bruce Willis this year. You know, it's the year of the Bruce. That's true. Very good. And we've already done mm-hmm. Die Hard. We've already done you know Twelve Monkeys. I think there's a couple others, but yeah, Sin City. This is one that I feel like everybody watched it and enjoyed it and said that was different. And then I don't know. I think there's a sequel, but forgot about it. Didn't really. 2014, there was a sequel. Okay, I didn't even see it. I don't even remember yeah. coming yeah, out. There, like, I, I remember, remember seeing that, but I, you know, at that point, I I knew about the movie, um, and I had never seen it uh, up until this point. But this, I mean, this came out in what 2005 or 2004 yeah, or five? Yeah. Five. Yeah. So I was uh, about 11 years old. So I was too young, okay. too young <laughs> to see this movie. Young. Oh, I was meeting my one. wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> But what? But here's here's an interesting thought I had about this was, you know, it's 2024 right now. We're just starting the year. This is our first like full real episode of the year, and um, this is one of those movies that was right there in the be- beginning of when superhero comic book movies were kind of gonna start dominating Hollywood for a long time, and now in 2024 we're we're starting to feel the burn, but. It was a hard, yeah. it was a while. Like yeah, Batman was good. You know the Spider Man movie was good. Started with Spider Man. Started with Sam right? Raimi Spider Man's. Mm-hmm. But then around Iron Man and this, 
and a couple I mean, yeah, other Iron movies. Man. We started to get a good hold. Like, not only do they look good, but they're getting good acting and they're just telling good stories. And um, they are being a little bit more serious. I think this movie pulled in like $150 million and it had a fairly restricted budget. That was one of the things that I saw from the director Rodriguez, right? Yeah. Budget of 40 made 158, but well, let's, before we get too far into this, let's pump the brakes. Cause I do, there's a lot of, there's a lot of little points in there that I could just start talking about for the next 45 minutes. So, um, why don't I hit you with the calendar real quick? Um, I'll have, I'll have Eric hit us with some socials so people can send us recommendations and the such. If you'd like to play along at home, we are going to be watching Apocalypto. Hard, uh, hard right. For... <laughs> it's not like this movie. We're gonna... <laughs> yeah, it's a little. I mean, that's why we're nomads, you know, that's why we're, uh, we're kind of going all over the place. So, uh, yeah, we'll be recording that one. You know, it'll be out in like two weeks. So by the time you're hearing this, give us give us a little bit to watch and chat and uh, we'll be talking about Apocalypto and then we'll be getting into our catch up for January and we're putting the, putting the seal of approval on some movies in February. I think we've got some bangers coming up. So sure do. Uh, yeah. I think I'm interested. I, I'm interested to see. Was it green? Was it the green Knight? Green Knight And uh, yeah, I'm boy. Yeah. Were the two I want we you guys to see about, old boy. So, so bad. Okay. All right. Yeah. We're still figuring it, out the year. So things might move around, but I know they're yeah. definitely on the list, but yeah, okay, cool. Apocalypto. Yeah. Yeah. Old boy. Things are great. You got to be just in case something pops up on, you know, on one of these tough men stories or something. Something cool <laughs> comes out, you know, cool guy movies. Yeah. I want to yeah, be flexible. Yep, yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Nice. Um, Eric, if anybody wants to send us recommendations or if they want to join in on the conversation that we're having here, how do they get to? Well, chat we us? got a, a couple comments uh, for our conversation here um, about Sin City. Ah, yes. uh, so if you want to follow us over on Twitter at Nomads of Fantasy, we had a, a few comments there. You know, this this is part of our year of our start of our year of Bruce Willis. Your Bruce. Bruce. Uh, so, um yeah, hard at work. Nick over on Twitter said, I used to love it, but it's been a while since I've given it a watch. I always thought it was the best example of bringing a comic book to life faithfully. Ah, yeah. especially something as stylistic as this right. graphic mm-hmm. novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Nick says it definitely holds up. This movie was very innovative for its time. Uh, Derek and Justin's Epic Quest says that's also- a movie I've not thought about in a long time. Well, Maybe you should give it a rewatch. That's why we're that's, that's right. why we're talking about Tim it. Tim Beachy yeah. says it holds up damn near perfect. Uh, uh, at service and sacrifice says, "Man, I haven't seen this in forever." And over on our Discord, yeah. there, uh, nomadsoffantasy.com/slash/discord, if you want to join there, Nikki Pinecone says, uh, "Sin City might be the only perfect movie I've ever seen, mostly because it's not even pretending to be a movie." I thought that was a very take, interesting comment to take. So I'm ready to yeah. like dissect that. Watching an animated graphic novel, which is it's exactly, what, what, it's exactly like. what they're going for, too. It's man. Yep. And there's nothing else like it, which begs the question fucking why is my big question. But we can get into yes, all that stuff. And we shall. Bit. Um, let's take a let's take a quick break here. Uh, I got to refresh my little drinky drink and. Uh, be right back to talk about some Sin City. See you later, Dave. <laughs> right after this. I'll see you in a little bit as he went to fill his Tito's. 
Oh shit, he thought as he looked into the camera. I have to be talking to the internet now. Fuck. <laughs> Ask the other guys a question. Hey, we're back. Brandon and Eric, how you doing, guys? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> All right. Here so, in Basin City. Basins, yeah. So, since City came out a long time ago, Eric, this is your first time seeing it? This is, indeed. I feel like, I think I might have seen, like, the beginning of this movie when I was a kid, and then, like... Oh, you didn't uh, see somebody this before? T- no, I haven't. This is my first time no. seeing this movie. Huh. Yep. So, you know, well, which begs the question, like, uh, how was your first foray into into Sin City? Uh, did you enjoy, did you enjoy yourself? I did enjoy myself in Sin City. I felt like I needed to take a shower after I was um, <laughs> after I left Sin City because a lot goes down there. But uh, yeah, no, I thought this movie was great. I mean, just obviously right off the bat. The main draw of this movie is the visuals. Like, it's visually striking throughout the entire movie. Um, you know, the use of color, contrast, all that stuff. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into it, but just general impressions. I had a, it was, it's a great ride, I will say. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's, obviously, it's a comic book, it's a graphic novel. It's supposed to be over the top um, action, you know, all the time. Story. You know, it's fine. It's pretty typical. It tells a story. I like that. It's like I a like, no, like the noir vibe of it. Yeah, for sure. And the, I like that there's four different stories. So it's like anthology, but they're all interconnected. Um, mm-hmm. And they all, you know, kind of converge at one point in the movie. Uh, but yeah, overall, I thought it was great. And I know that I watched the theatrical cut of this movie you guys watch the extended edition, which is interesting to me because I feel, I mean, the theatrical cut is two hours long and I think at about the two hour mark or even before I was like, okay, I think this movie can be over now. Like I was, I was ready for it to be done by the time it was over. I will say not that I didn't enjoy my time with it, but I think it started to overstay its welcome a little bit. It's three short movies. Yeah. In one. Essentially. Yep. But the the interconnectivity of them was nice. I think the order was changed though in the version that Dave and I saw. Oh really? I do think so. Because it for... Start, for us, it starts off with um, Murphy's character, where uh, Brittany Murphy is playing Sheila. Oh really? Starts so off does it there have... with the Clive Owen stuff and uh, no, Jack... wait, 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 the Benicio del Toro stuff. Yeah, is in the beginning. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. That's not the beginning. Yeah. The beginning is Josh Hartnett with the no. girl in the red dress, and he kills her. Not the version I saw. Man, are we watching? What version did you? Did we? Versions? Yeah, did we all watch a different version? <laughs> Brandon watched some fan edit <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> I watched recut, extended, unrated. It's two hours and twenty-seven minutes. I don't see the title of that's... Sin City until 30, 40 minutes into the movie. Weird. Yeah, because the, the version I watched, again, theatrical cut, it's like Dave said, you have the man and the woman in the red dress and he kills her. And then it goes mm-hmm. on to then it goes on to Hardigan's story after that. Yes. Yes. And then no, and it goes hard again. And then wow, um, Mickey works. Yeah. Wow. And then. Brandon watched a completely one. different movie that is than so we did. Insane! That is so insane. So I, yeah, Bruce Willis doesn't show up until two hours into the movie for me. What? 
No, 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 no. I wrote I wrote this down in this book right here. It said Act One, Bruce Willis, cops. Mm-hmm. I watched a different movie. Yep. Uh, he, I know. And you see how they all overlap. Okay, so all right, we are totally experienced. Brandon watched the fan edit. <laughs> no, I did not. I mean, it's interesting that we we're all kind of coming up with different angles on our way. Into, like it is telling the same story, and I think it's kind of. It's cool that you can kind of remix was the that, elements of it. Was that on where, which service is that? This is Prime. Uh, or Prime? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I bought mine on Google, but I thought I sent a picture of that to the Discord last night, and that was the version that I rented as well. So Unless interesting. Two different, like maybe Brandon watched like the director's cut, and there's there's two director's cuts. Maybe I don't know. That's that's weird. Very They're interesting. A, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well. We all just discovered there's something there. Very interesting. <laughs> well, we all watched a different version. Okay. <laughs> it, I mean, it no, ends it, it, with it, it, uh, Bruce Willis's character's uh, ending scene in what I yes. saw. Yeah. That's not what I. Uh, well, I mean, mine's mine's a little bit different, but mine ended with um, the final scene was uh, Alexis Bledel's character Becky, and then Josh Harton's character, the man. They're like in an elevator in a hospital. Yes. And that's that's where it ends for me. Oh yeah, that happened like so early in the movie for me. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Weird. That's that's really weird. Well, all right. Let's take a let's take a full step back. Let me reel this reel this thing back into control. <laughs> well, it's something to it's something to be aware of because we all this movie we all is, saw I mean, it relatively is. the when same you, content. I want right. to I want to give a grounding of the of the movie as a whole before we start getting into like the bits and pieces. Okay, of it go for it. In, Just in know general. that there's multiple ways of how to experience the story and yeah. in what scene. Like, <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's like watching Pulp Fiction out of order. Or something but like in that. some capacity, yes, Dave. Let people know if for some reason you missed this and you're like, "What the hell have these guys been so, rambling about?" Yeah, uh, this is a movie adaption of the Frank Miller Sin, Sin City graphic novel. Uh, it is Wikipedia is calling it a neo noir crime anthology film directed by Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller based on the comic book series of the same name. You have an ensemble cast. There's tons Incredible of people cast. in this movie. Crazy cameo. Like there is yeah, insane. Someone around every corner. But when we get into the ways of how they filmed it, um, that I think lends itself to the ensemble cast because people did not need to be on set with each other at the same time to film this movie. And when you see Which it, is you crazy. See, I didn't know that yeah, months cool. apart, you can see months apart, why people didn't did or did not need to be there, which is bonkers wild. But um, people in the same scene with each other didn't need to be on set with each other, right. which is balls. wild. I think the big draw though, Dave though, to put a pause in that. Yeah. Is, yeah. Um, you know, we're starting to see this now, at least with video game adaptations. Well, or maybe recreations, I guess, is that this is what this movie is. But is when you, when you have the people who created the original concept and why it's known being part of it. So here we have Frank Miller. He's the guy. Mm-hmm. He's the awesome visionary for Sin City. Go look at the comics. I don't read comics. And holy shit, after seeing this movie and seeing the making of, I want to buy I want to buy something. It is really cool art. The whole minimalistic approach, black and white everything and the way he's mm-hmm. breaking the rules. Like the way you talk about, I don't know, Picasso and like what he did to art. It's like I think what this guy was doing with comic books where 
the, the way light works does not make sense. And then for them to mm-hmm. go and take this style and for Rodriguez, is it Robert Rodriguez, right? The director? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For him to Guest say. Guest director Quentin Tarantino also. <laughs> right. For the car scene. Yeah. Um, where he's like, I could do this. I've been playing around with CG for in green screening for a while now for the last few movies that like I can visualize this. And he did. He, he straight up captures this comic book uh, movie. And so anyway, all to say is that they got what Miller would have wanted. And he was part of that production because he said, hey, if you're going to do this, I'm with you. Like You have my blessing, but I'm with you. And they just crushed it. I mean, that. Yeah. That's what makes the vision so think, strong, too, since Frank Miller, the author of the graphic novel, was directly involved in the making and direction of this movie. George R.R. R. Martin, in the first few seasons of Game of Thrones, is some of the best yeah. TV. And when he left, what happened, you know? So that's not always a good thing, though, you know, when the when the creator of the source material has a direct hand in an adaptation. Um, you know, we saw that we see that with like someone like Stephen King, but Stephen King's just notoriously hard to, to work with, but you know, um, you leave Stephen alone Yeah, (laughs) in this situation. I think it really helped since the comics are so unique. And like you said, like it's all about the visuals and how the, the lighting is unrealistic because he's using it, you know, to advance to his advantage to tell a story or to portray a scene a certain way. And it doesn't have to make sense because it's, I mean, it's, it's a comic book. So, you know, and that's partly why they filmed the way that they did with so much green screen mm-hmm. is Robert Rodriguez was saying that he could light the character acting on green screen however the fuck he wanted to. He could do it exactly like he wanted to to match up with the comic books. So cool. Because everything behind him was yeah, going to be green screened in. So but part it's... of what they the interesting part about it, though, I thought was that before uh, Frank Miller signed off on it, Robert Rodriguez filmed like a little piece of it with uh the, it was the josh hartnett and the lady in red scene, scene. in the beginning yeah mm-hmm. yeah and he used that to talk him into signing the rights for filming the movie over right which i think is kind well, of bonkers I, so i do this so just i relate to this a little bit as a designer right because like we're always being told as freelance designers you shouldn't just do free work because you should be paid for your work but sometimes yeah. they aren't looking for your like I don't know, like some brands in the area. I've had to legit just email them and say, hey, look at this idea. It's an idea I want you to see and I'm passionate about it and I feel like I could do it, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works, mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't. And for him to have his own internal studio because he's like, if I have this, I can crush these ideas and put them out to people in like a week or two. I can have something to show to people. He's that confident with it. And that's what he did. And he got Miller to be like, yeah, this is absolutely let's this looks good <laughs> look at this thing. you know could you imagine seeing that you 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 know i mean at that time you probably haven't seen anything like that because you're so he was said he was like it was like his baby like he didn't want sin city to just go and be put into a movie and look like you know because again this is the early mid 2000s so we're not perfecting comic book movies just yet so to see this and see the art style, which is extremely important. Um, mm-hmm. And then just hearing how Rodriguez did all this. If you, you were talking about the green screening, it was really cool because like, yeah, you might have a character painted in blue. You might have the green backdrop, but they would also have on the Mickey Rourke character bandages 
that shouldn't show mm-hmm. up in the dark. But how do you get? So you had a black light and like a colored ta- like tape to make it. It's like look pink tape on his yeah. face. Separate oh, so you so get cool. a different coloring. And um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that just go on YouTube and watch this. Uh, and the fact and the fact that like I mean whatever the CGI was up and coming in the two thousands. Everybody was using the green screen technology, but. To uh, to this video we're referencing, Dave, you should get the source for that video because I do want to shout. Sure, this guy I can throw out. it up on. Um, it'll be on the Discord. But he explains how like using this movie uses green screening and CGI to its advantage because it could really realize the vision of Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez, and it you know it's it's a tribute or it's a you know commend the actors in this movie just acting in front of a green screen and acting what in scene, like you said, in scenes with characters that aren't even there, aren't even in the same room. Like it's crazy. The video is by cinema sticks. Cinema sticks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shut but it is, is titled when green screen is actually used to make a movie better, which right. Yeah. 100%. I think it lines up perfectly with this movie because a lot of movies you see green screen used and they're using it to like, you know, protect their budget or like hey we don't have enough money to like do this let's just green screen it and fucking but this is used like intentionally with specificity to it yeah which i think like it lends itself so much more better to like the adaptation of graphic novel to a movie like you see like you see rain in this movie constantly like it's that white white graphic novel like Freaks. rain or whatever it's like signature frank but, miller stuff but you don't see anybody ever get wet like you don't see anybody's hair get wet you don't see anything ever happen because it's all happening in the foreground on another layer right. of the green screen which is the insane way that they layer these things on top of each other so mm-hmm. more Sorry. than you even realize running off on a tangent no it, like, it is kind of insane but you go so going back to this layering thing and people filming like without the actor being there and just doing their shit like months apart so they <laughs> in one of the making of videos he was saying they're like yeah you know the first day was you know kind of rough with the actors like bruce willis is getting very frustrated because like the person he's talking to wasn't there or he's just being surrounded by green screens was, was throwing him off i think but um britney murphy had to come in and like so i guess bruce willis was there and he did his lines so <laughs> <laughs> they have every like green background, green floor, everything, and they have this guy fully covered in green except his head. He's just yeah. standing there, and then they ha- they play the voice of of Bruce Willis, <laughs> but he's not acting. He's just standing there, and as reference, so, so you know, and then um, so she knows where to look, and uh, but does, his mouth doesn't move, but you hear the voice of Bruce Willis. So she's like, turns around, like she's at the bar. She goes, oh yeah. She goes to turn to them. She's just like, <laughs> she just starts laughing because this is ridiculous. There's a guy looking at me that I'm supposed to be talking to and the voice. So it's just a very weird thing. So there's like these moments were happening, but they got over it. Like, like her, she's throughout the movie and she was there for one day and she just did all of her yeah. scenes. Like some of these people are fighting each other and did not ever meet. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, at the end, he had a vision, though. He said, like, yeah, we had a storyboard. It was his comic book. You know, like, the we had the power of editing, too. Yep. I think, yeah, he said that in an interview, like, the power of editing, like, he didn't have to write anything down to an editor because he had it all in his head. Like, he knew how these scenes were supposed right. to be composed. Right. And how the director is the together. editor. And, yeah, the vision comes together. I'm not, think, I don't crazy. know if I'm that familiar with his work, but I'm, I'm 
he's now watching this and seeing what he did and see how passionate he was and how willing to work with the original uh, artist that created this. Um, a f- newfound respect for this guy, and it makes me want well, to put something else that he's done on the on the docket. But I think we've we've already seen something from him. I want to find it before I blame him for it. Oh, okay. No, but I I believe he directed <laughs> the episode of Book of Boba Fett with the fucking scooter chase in it. And I want oh Dave's to- oh, favorite thought- episode, favorite oh, Star yeah, Wars season Boba Fett. I thought it was yeah. him, but I have to go. I have to go and check on that before we blame him for any. <laughs> okay, of that. Well, maybe he's lost his touch over the years. <laughs> I don't right. know. No, my God, don't. No. Oh, here it is. Seven episodes in the Book of Boba Fett. Oh, directed. okay. So there you go. So they they weren't all clunkers. No, no, some of them were good. Just let's forget the the scooter bike chase scene. Let's just not talk about Dude, those the guy anymore. that spun around, and shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just ignore. Just ignore. It's fine. But yeah, whatever. It's it's just I I found like a new appreciation of this guy. You know, and that's when that's what I really like about what we have movie episodes. And we pick something that I haven't seen in a while or haven't seen at all, and you know, we go and watch it. And I'm like, wow, this this director is really good and then you see another video or movie that they've done it's mm-hmm. like man he has a style i don't know my youth i just used to just watch movies that was it tarantino and right. then everyone else that was about it <laughs> mm-hmm. but now it's like oh they are all kind of have this thing that they're able to do and how they do it and what movies they even say yes to and a lot of the graphic novels is just black and white and they fill in a lot of the gaps in this. Like a lot of the, we're going to talk about film noir, something I learned in like, you know, I had to take classes. Refresh on me on the definition there. Film school. It's nighttime always. Um, nighttime thing. There's a couple different rules that you got to follow, like dark and oppressive lighting or some of them. Um, there is like the uh, imbalanced screen frames where you have somebody that's like close in frame and somebody that's back in frame, oh, and yeah. they're, but they're both, they're both in focus is another one of those things. Um, you've got the high contrast lighting, um, mirrors and reflections, it says. So is that certain camera positions. And investigating or detective, usually. Close-ups right? and close-ups in those fade-ins. I wrote down, I thought that in noir movies, like a lot of times the hero dies at the end. And I wrote that halfway through the film and Bruce Willis, um, spoiler warning, ends up having a bad end but no this is not a happy um, everybody lives smiley no yeah if you haven't seen no. that i mean like so don't get too attached to these characters but you're only with them for like that's typically it's typically how it goes yeah in noir uh something i wanted to bring up i don't know if either of you guys have played the first max Payne game but like i could yeah. not stop thinking about that game while i was watching this movie i don't know about the first one and it's interesting because i did max Payne came out in 2001 this movie came out in 2005 yeah, but so when like did i was the comic like book come out i yeah i'm not sure about the uh the graphic novel itself um but it could have been i mean i i could definitely see one of them being inspired by the other because in max Payne, in the interstitials like there's no, there is some cutscenes but in the interstitials, it is literally a comic book. Like they are comic book panels going from panel to panel telling the story. And the story is about, you know, a, a you know, a cop just like uh, Hardigan um, kind of uh, towards the end of his career and his wife and um, 
child are killed and he's seeking revenge, you know, for, uh, you know, for to avenge their deaths. But I just could not stop thinking about it because it's, uh, you know, no, got that same good. vibe, the noir yeah. vibes. Um, it's it's really cool. Uh, but yeah, I love I just love the noir setting of this movie. Um, the nighttime, the all the brooding characters. Everybody's got a, you know, everybody's so serious. So, so much inner dialogue. Inner dialogue is another one of the, the yes. touch points. But pretty much every every act, I guess, of this or whatever, like the main character is kind of, you know, narrating their own way through the story and kind of like giving you a little bit of, little bit of hints because there's some hints that they give to some of the other like this isn't all of Sin City comic books. There's other Sin City comic books that mm-hmm. Frank Miller has written that they used in the future movies or whatever. But normally the, I don't the like that. Uh, helps, yeah. Normally I don't like that inner monologue stuff or narration for a movie. But I mean, with like the noir theme, it it totally fits um, because mm-hmm. you know yeah. you you have to know what's going on in the character's head and like their motivations and why they're doing what they're doing and you know it it fits with the comic book. Too, because I mean, obviously, in comic books, you have like the the little uh, inner monologue too um, mm-hmm. going on in like the the corners when characters aren't talking. So it, it it totally makes sense for this movie. I could see like Netflix doing like a that an anime style, get a bunch of studios, do an anthology. Do I mean, anthology of like Sin City. This, right. This is an anthology series within a movie because it's you know four separate stories that are all coming together. So yeah, like you said, if they broke it out into a series an anime would be very cool, very interesting. Cause you could do even more to make it look, you know, like that comic book style. You can mm-hmm. literally draw it in that style and animate it that way. That would be very, really cool. So Tarantino did make an appearance in this movie though. We kind of glossed over that earlier, but he, he made an appearance. He did Not an appearance. He, he made oh. an appearance in the making his of hand, movie. the guiding hand of Tarantino. You're saying, um, yeah, he did the car scene, right? Mm-hmm. With Clive mm-hmm. Owens character with, uh, Benicio oh del Toro. Yes. Yeah. Jackie, right? Jackie boy. Yep. Jackie boy. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool scene. I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of weird. I guess Clive Owen's character—he, I mean, he's having a mental breakdown, right? Yeah, right. Kind, I mean, why though? Kind of, yeah, yeah. I think I mean, he's I a cop. Know. He should he should be pretty tough. At, I feel like you think, get but... you get you get a little a little bit of like a hint that because he did some some bad stuff before all this stuff happened, so maybe he's still recovering from previous events and now like i don't know if he wanted to i mean i don't think he wanted to get involved with all this um like killing and murdering and stuff he was just looking for a good time with uh britney murphy's character over there but then he get just got roped into to all this stuff so i feel like his mental state just started to break down as he was as he was going through that um and it's i think it's part of it is the guilt too because he you know, they, he was saying like when he led them into old town, he was like, these guys didn't do anything bad. I got a bad feeling in my yeah, stomach. Was, like they sh- right. shouldn't be doing this. And then they all got killed. And he's like, shit, this dude was a cop, you know? And I think that's where it all kind of, but he's a cop also. He should, he should have known. Is he a cop? He should have. The, his badge per, like blocks no, that the was, bullet. That was uh Jackie boy's badge. Wasn't it? 
Was he wearing th- Jackie's badge? I think he yeah, picked when, his badge up and put it in his pocket. Killed, he uh, was going through stuff. Okay. He took the money. I thought it was a in the badge. I think. Yeah, because I oh. think Clive Owen's character said he like get, just got out of jail or something. You know, okay. so he was do, he was doing some bad shit before that, and he I think he was trying to get sort of back on the right track, and then he just you know got roped into all well, of that stuff. Explains how he fucks him up so bad in the bathroom too, but right. Um, that's right. a that's a whole different story but who's uh um, i would say whose story i guess did you like the best out of the uh characters that we followed probably like everybody else mickey rourke's uh was it marv? yeah i like the, the hard goodbye marv. that's marv so marv. It, yeah that that is the marv character the hard goodbye Goldie. is the is the name of the the graphic novel yeah i mean we spent the we definitely spent the most time with him i feel like it was you know at least a, a third of the movie good um, acting great more. makeup cool character looked Dude, just looked cool. makeup was fantastic like on that strong yeah, guy like, who yeah. can literally just burst through a door and people just go flying away i don't know it's, i love that uh he had mickey my Rourke, line about like the code mickey Rourke, know, he fucking crushed it sorry yeah he did yeah he did yeah he, just he was in general he's very uh convincing you know very very brooding character and like I, I I thought it's a I mean it's a simple like all these characters have very simple motivations which I I think also works in the context of a graphic novel like you know yeah. they they might all be one dimensional characters but I think for these short stories within a larger story um I think that's a better way to go than like diving deep into these like he he was getting revenge for this uh you know this woman Goldie that. The only woman he's ever night. cared about in his entire life. She was a life. hooker, you can say. Yeah. She was a hooker. But he, yeah, his mouth matter. is, uh, his mouth is, uh, yeah. He seems what to, you like, guys think respect about, women, about... <laughs> No. And that's, I mean, that's kind of, it plays into, like, that. I would never hit a woman. 40s and 50s mentality of mass, men and female, men and women, I guess I should say. In there, He's a parole officer. He calls her a dyke. <laughs> I was like, like but he, is it like your, isn't she like one of your close friends at the same time? And it's just very like the language. But then yeah. again, he's lived a rough life. I think he's, oh, yeah. you know. There's a lot of like, why I ought to kind of <laughs> yeah. mentality in this whole movie. Like, you know, dude smacking around Sin chicks. City. And, right. You know, yeah. a lot of that. Um, Part of that hard goodbye story with Marv, um, we get introduced to the killer of Goldie, which is played by Elijah Wood. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Creepy fuck. Tell me, yeah. Tell me a little bit what you guys thought about that. He was, I, like I said, he's a creepy fuck. Like, he's like got like Wolverine claws hopping around like Spider-Man. Little nails. He's like reading yeah. the Lady Bible. Dustry. He's like super religious, but he's like eating people the also the, that's what's saving him though is eating the people you know that's he's making what's... people watch him eat their body parts that's too which is even yeah. the more fucked up. like he I, made I, me I watch he made me watch <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was like some of these like i have no like really no recollection of this movie when i recommended it for the the viewing party i guess we're having but um I just remembered the style of it and just like seeing like the whole cannibal section of it. Like I no recollection of that. I don't remember that either. I remember him being creepy <laughs> as fuck and kind of cool looking. Cause like, yeah, he just is always like looking and smiling and his glasses are kind of, yeah, they're what they're white to offset. And the this is like fresh off him. of like him being like adorable Frodo to us for like six years or whatever. Three years. Right? No. When was Frodo? 
I don't that know. That was early 2000s. I mean. Yeah, when was the... I don't know when the... I don't know when Fellowship. 2003? Fellowship was like... Fellowship was 01. There you go. 2001. Yeah. So when was the, you know, the King? They were all... They were like yearly releases at that point. Yeah. So this came... This is like two years after him being like Frodo to us for like three years in a row. And it was just weird seeing him being like this silent, creepy killer, like psychopath cannibal. Yeah, they were. 01, 02, and 03. Like they they banged him out and then... Which is cool because you do like to not see an actor get typecast as a certain thing because I have a problem with that. Like, Mm -hmm. I tried watching that new 65 movie on Netflix and Adam Driver's in it, and all I can see is fucking Kylo Ren now. (laughs) Same hair. Same hair. And the movie movie sucks balls, but the other point is that, like, all I can see is Kylo Ren. But, you know, you want, you like to see him break out of that and get into some new funky new stuff. He's very far from being like Frodo. So, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Rutger yeah. Hauer's in this. Like there are so yeah, many man. actors in it. Do you, you know, know who else? You know who else was in this? Who? I couldn't believe it. But when I was looking at the cast, I was like, no Nick way. Offerman? Yeah. Was that who you're going to say? Cause yes. I was going to bring that up. Dude. Who he that? played schlub. So, he was oh, one- j- one of the yes. two guys, you know, those two guys that were talking about the car, like yes, for, he's the he tall, buzzed hair, yeah, one. Hardigan hits him was, with a pipe in the beginning. This was like four or five years before Parks and Rec started. Yeah, so, this so he was, was probably obviously like, like early, early he, work. I don't know what he did before then, but I think Parks and Rec was where he like made his big breakout. So like, yes, he was more or less unknown in this because yeah, I I saw Nick Offerman too because. Amazon Prime has that cool like X-ray feature thing where if you yes. pause the movie, it tells you yep. who's in the scene. And I'm like, Nick Offerman, where the hell is he? So I had to rewind. I'm like, oh shit, yep. that is him. I've That's done that so many weird. times. It is. I love that. He's who's got it? like bleach blonde must bleach blonde hair and yes. mustache yeah. and stuff like that. It looks nothing like no, him, no, which... no. It's just the bags under his eyes. His those look, but uh, yeah. So many, <laughs> so many people are in this movie. Um, how do you feel uh, about uh, so? I mean, speaking of people in this movie, Frank Miller's in this movie. He's the priest um, when he's when Marv's doing his confession. How do you guys feel about cameo or yeah, directors making cameos in their own movies? Do you think that started that? Yeah, um, I don't know. Do you think that I feels mind it pretentious or? I, I, you hey, know. you know what? They worked really hard to make something, and then let them have their moment. I agree. You know, it's not like it Tommy Wiseau or whatever, the guy from The Room, where he like wrote, directed, and starred in that shitty ass movie. Right. You know? It I didn't think this feel Frank Miller one was what I thought. Like, yeah. Because, like, Tarantino, when he puts himself in his own stuff, like, Tarantino it seems was exactly what I was going to. My reference. Like, good actor. The, pulp, the pulp fiction inserting himself yeah. in the movie, I'm like, it's just cringy. But, like, Especially this, I didn't, as a main I didn't know what like a, he looked a, like. A main character instead of just like a short one scene cameo. Like mm-hmm. sure, the the Frank Miller cameo I thought was like perfect, you know, perfect yes. amount of scene, perfect amount of you know everything, you know, it added a little bit to the story as well because the you know the priest was in on uh everything, you know, he was in with the crime syndicate and all that stuff, and he got his comeuppance, but I thought I thought that was really cool. Boy, did he! Yes, sure did. Let's, all right, enough about the guys. What about the ladies. So, and I'll, I'll get this out of the way. A lot of ladies. Oh, man. 
A lot of ladies this is in like, this movie. This is like 20 years younger. Brandon's like crushes coming up all over me. Like, oh yeah, I remember like having a, like the house for all these women. So, um, mm-hmm. yes, the women are, you know, hookers or something like that, I think, in the movie. So they're all like wearing very... Ladies like, of the night. You know, like bondage <laughs> stuff. I don't know. They're wearing ladies like lacy stuff. Butt cheeks coming <laughs> yeah. right in front of the camera. So it's a very sexualized movie. Um, the women look great. Um, but like... Also, just the variety of women. So the the girl with the sword, so cool. I wanted more of her. Miho. Miho. Miho, yeah. dude. Miho was so She could fun. have her own like backstory like prequel movie if she wanted to. Right. It's like all these other chicks just like shoot people or like I don't know, Rosario Dawson's got like her ooze. She's or the boss and stuff like that. Big yeah. boss lady. But Miho, Miho can fuck some shit up. Dude, she jumped like, into oh, yeah. Tar and grabbed Clive Owen. Yeah. Pulled him out. Dragged him out. You know? Yeah. yeah. Which is was... crazy. But we also have Jessica Alba, which is Nancy, which plays a large part in the, the Yellow Bastard story. Which right. Which is split up well, into was... two parts. You have Yellow Bastard 1 in the beginning and Yellow Bastard 2 to close it out. Oh, no way. I was thinking, okay, so the like, first were... I saw, they were, it, just was the, it just says the, the title... And it starts that yeah. movie. Oh, see, you have titles in yours. I'm, I didn't have titles. each character. I bought each one had the unrated, yep. uncut version. I swear to God, I bought that version, and apparently, I got okay. the. There's three fucking versions regular. of this movie for some the somehow version. Yeah, they were so, trying yeah, to we got... they were trying to pass off Jessica Elba as 19, which I looked at her age. She was only 24 in this movie, 24. so I was like, okay, that's that's believable, I guess. Close enough. Yeah. I'm uh, I think Rosario Dawson like, was also. Looked... Young enough for that role. Like, <laughs> I think we were talking about it before, and Rosario was in her early to mid twenties. Um, yeah, yep. There's Alexis Bledel, which yep. plays Becky. Um, oh, blue eyes. Is, so the girl with the blue eyes. She has that scene at the end with Josh Hartnett. I'm assuming that plays in. Oh some yeah, of the she's adorable. Books. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, she's, like, oh, she's really pretty. I wanted but to she ask. She ends up playing a big role. I wanted to ask. Uh, I mean, obviously, the use of color in this movie is very deliberate. What do you think the meaning behind the blue eyes is for her specifically? I think it's like just blue to say, typically hey, means. I think blue I think typically she's means got, like like innocence and like or wisdom or you know stuff I could like see that. Innocence. I think she's just got really pretty eyes. Yeah. And, uh, they just wanted to highlight that. Got, like, because I'm looking at her IMD, IMDb page, and she does have those strikingly blue eyes, which kind of just like hypnotize they, you but i mean they make yeah. her they make her stand out among all of the other girls yes. well, and... i think that's what it is i think because when he said that, i'm going to put color in to you know the frank miller i'm going to put some color in, in periodically and key things and i the first thing i think was with goldie's hair so i want to make that gold yes. but then like Obviously, a car will be red, red everything you know, everything blood, red is blood stays red white or red yeah um but I think with her eyes being blue, I think it's just like of all the girls that we're being thrown at, like this is the one we need to pay attention to because she's going to, you know, try to not mm. backstab them, but kind of throw them under the bus. And, yeah. you know, but yeah, she is like making mistakes as a young as the young one. You know, she's trying to cover her own ass and stuff like that. She probably dies, right? Like after the movie, you mean like after credits roll? Uh, Josh Harnett's character is a hitman and right. he finds these girls and he gets talks to him a little bit and then he kills him right so she's yeah. probably being whacked 
I was wondering, I was wondering the uh, significance of that scene. I mean, you can obviously kind of connect the dots because in the, in the scene where Josh Hartnett's character kills, obviously kills the, uh, the woman in the red dress Mm -hmm. in the beginning, it's, it clearly sets him up as a hitman. But then I was, it was confusing because in the, he was dressed up as a doctor, which I'm like, is he moonlighting as a hitman? And is he, his day job a doctor or is he just disguised as a doctor? I and think, just trying think, to yes. infiltrate and no, get to yeah. Becky. Yeah, it's because he knew her sneaky. name when she got in there. Right. He's already done that. So research. she was a target. Like, yeah, she, he's yeah. like, oh, she's going to go in. I'll just get a suit real somehow, sneak, you know, steal her. You know, and then mm-hmm. he just gets in and gets out because he says, you know, like, oh, she seemed really nice. You know, it's a shame I'll never know what where that, you know, the girl in right. the red with the cigarettes, like where she, what she was running from. But I'll get yeah. to check in the morning. It's he's just working, you know. It's Sin City, yep. like it's just this is the kind of people that live there. It's oh, it needs to be in a fucking anime, you know. It oh, needs to be, be an so anime, good, man. It'd be so good. Uh, no, I want, I want more of these movies. Which well, I they guess... made one and you didn't watch it. Well, <laughs> yeah, they made. Another I didn't one. know it existed. Blame and the marketing. They we're supposed to have an one. HBO miniseries, but were they really? Yeah, I think oh, they well. got canceled. I think there's just not enough demand for it, which is interesting because. How well they they kind of nailed this, and like today, this is like all we do is green screen everything, you know. So That's right, true. Um, before we get too far, I just wanted to give a shout out to Brittany Murphy too, because she was in this movie as well. Yeah, she's um, good. Yeah, I was just looking at I didn't I didn't know shit that she died so early, but she, she died, died really in, young. Looks like. Oh nine, it looks mm-hmm. like. Yeah, there's a um, there's a documentary on HBO. I think pneumonia HBO combined with anemia and multiple drug intoxications from. It's still a mystery. And like, yeah. still, I think her husband a very died, like, large right, mystery right after. Or, yeah, there's a very large mystery around her death and her and her life. Like that documentary is actually pretty interesting. I would I would recommend it. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's a sad. No, she, was... she played a pretty big role in you know a couple different key parts of this movie no mm-hmm. key parts and key part in the um let's see the big fat kill is the name of the um main story that she was in the but... jackie boy one yes mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. um yeah well, i just wanted to make sure we mentioned her as well because you know she may be yeah. gone but she is not forgotten no i mean speaking no. of jackie boy like uh benicio del toro man he was he, he was tearing it up in this movie he was well, all over it like he was, he was tearing up every scene that he was in. So I, I, I couldn't take my eyes off him. Like whatever, whenever he was in his, like he, it was, I loved his character because like, you can tell he's kind of like, he's, he's, he's a good guy. Like he was supposedly this hero cop, but he's trying to put on this front for like his boys, you know, whenever he's with his boys, mm-hmm. he's got to act tough. He's got to, you know, be the big, strong alpha male, uh, and then, you know, I don't know, I, I've, I'm conflicted on his fate because I almost feel bad for him. Like he didn't deserve it. But then again, he's just being an asshole to everybody. Well, he's being an asshole yeah, the whole time. What, what do you, how was he a good guy? Like, what did he I don't do know. that was good? Just because he's a cop? Do you think he deserved it? He didn't kill it. Like he said, like Clive Owen's character said, he didn't kill anybody. He didn't, you know. He tried to kill somebody. And he's that's beating the he, shit that's out of his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I would, it's. I think it's that it was the inner cl- conflict of you know Clive Owen's character that. Okay, I was but hold also on a having. second. We don't have to talk too far into this, but no, we don't have to. He's get into being, it. you know, so we got the girl with the blue eyes, right? Was it Becky? 
Listen, and I'm not saying he didn't deserve to get his ass Trying kicked. to pick her up, and he says, basically at gunpoint, saying, you, you're going to get in this car. And this is basically rape, right? It sounds like oh, yeah. he, he's a bad guy. So, I don't know. To me, I just, he's just a bad guy. He's a sleazy cop because of the, the whole thing that they, they say is that this is the thing. When you kill a cop, it's bad because the kind of there's like a right. truce right now. There's a balance. You know? And obviously, the cops are going to have a strong... They have the money. They have the funding. So, they're going to be stronger. You know, so... But they're kind of... All right. Well, wrong place, wrong time. Then, oh, well. But that's... Right. That's exactly... He should. They should have just left that girl alone. But, yeah, they were... Um, I think they were scumbags. Do they deserve to die? No. But... Yeah, maybe. I they were know. probably I, doing some shit off camera. You know, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that's true. Mihal was Interesting, awesome. she, she, interesting she thing on... Del Toro, he was not the original choice for that part. They wanted to get oh, really? Johnny Depp to play that part. Oh. But Johnny Depp mm. had commitments, could not play the part. They were at the Academy Awards, and Robert Rodriguez saw Benicio Del Toro with, he calls it Wolfman hair or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was from the movie Wolfman. But yeah. yep. he, told, he told Del Toro at the Academy Awards not to cut his hair, and then he mailed him the comic book and the copy for the, um, the customer is always right story. And that's cool. Del Toro yeah. immediately signed on to it. So yeah, it's cool. weird how like those connections are just like those back alley connections are made. Like, you know, Johnny Depp, I could see playing a wicked part in this too. Like if he played that role, it as would well, be like, different. It would be a different character though. Different sure. Vibe, you know, he doesn't have that sleaziness to it. And he's probably got a little more captain Jack Sparrow drunkenness. Mm-hmm. To him, I just but... I I love the way Benicio del Toro talks. Talks, you know? yeah. His voice was yeah. His voice even is, in interviews great. he was stayed in character. He was talking about the movie, but he was still doing that voice. Yeah. <laughs> there was yeah, something so with creepy. like the when they were doing the the head back, like when they're in the car and they're doing the, oh, the dialogue the before. <sighs> yep. When he throws his head back, he talks like right. And then he puts his head forward and starts talking. <laughs> so again. gross. Like. That was all like kind of. I think I don't know if it was Tarantino or Rodriguez that came up with that. Like while they were, it filming was like it. back and it forth, like improv, improv sort of. Improv. Yeah, wow, that's cool. But they were saying because this film was filmed digitally because they did it all on green screens. They just kept the film fucking. They just rolled it like do the whole thing at once. You know, we can talk and you know make adjustments right. and whatever, and then yep. just you know go roll it again. So yeah. I don't know. Yep. I don't know how it's cool how like all these pieces kind of come together, which. You know, they, you know, they had talked about uh, Leonardo DiCaprio playing the role of uh, Rourke Jr., which was like the serial killer in the yellow, in the yellow man. Wow. Or was it? The I don't know. They actually that played him. I think played that character. I think it was awesome. I, yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick Stahl. Yeah. yeah Nick Stahl. Like, like, all right. Guy from like Terminator 3 and some other crap. Like, I didn't know him too <laughs> well. But I like underneath yeah. all that makeup. I was like, wow, he really... I was like, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of that guy's, you know, filmography, but to me, that's his best acting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was a very convincing psychopath, yellow dude. <laughs> he was so gross looking. So yeah, gross. You, you could just like uh, Hardigan's character described how he smelled. Yeah. Um, and like you could just just by looking at him, you could tell that he stunk like shit. <laughs> Right, and the hair <laughs> with like the the like the hair growing in the like the stubble in the back. He's bald. Oh, dude, he's yeah, just so everything gross. about him. Just his nose. So gross. Yeah, he's just like everything about him was just. I guess because earlier on, 
he has his ball shot off and like some other body parts. Yeah. So the, to kind of put that's, him back together, his yeah. dad did some kind of. Right that's the, the excuse. Like research and like yeah, special uh, science and stuff to to get him restored. But right. now he's a yellow prick. I, like <laughs> that's weird. It's all sorts of weird. If you look at the at the comic book side by sides of that. There are so many side by sides, shot for shots that they replicated from the graphic novel to the movie, which I think makes it like that's part of me is wondering, like, why don't we have another movie of this? And this right. is a question that I wanted to ask you guys is if you could see like a comic book adaptation from comic book to movie that was like this faithful that was like this representational of the original source material mm-hmm. like you know batman obviously lends like a great comparison like having something in the batman universe that's this noir and this kind of yeah batman uh give us a batman eccentric. like sin city dude wow yes i mean frank miller please. has done batman comics yeah so that's, that's a perfect yeah. okay that's, that's a perfect right, marriage yeah. Okay. I thought um, the Punisher, the Punisher would be yep. super cool to like see in this, you know, kind of that would be cool. High contrast kind of filming and um, just the, the way Pun- that they have did you it. seen any of the Punisher movies? They're not that great. Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> yeah, no. The, there was one too fancy. One of them was okay. I, I forgot. Whatever. Anyways, not not important. <laughs> they they made a movie ba- with um Mark Wahlberg. For uh, Max Payne, the Max, it was not good. Yeah, I yeah. know it wasn't good, but too bad Sucks. that these guys didn't do it, dude. Yeah, you know? that would have been a perfect that pairing been, because, yeah. like I said, it's it's such a similar story and similar vibe that like you just do the Matrix that would translate perfectly. Jump slow mo, dude. It would be so cool, but they I mean, yeah, you had those the scene with like Marv jumping down the stairwell. Um when he's in that the hard goodbye shot. I mean, Mar was basically just a superhero. He was fucking. He pretty much. He, he gets like people up left and right. Shot in the head, and he's. He good. got ran like, over five times by Wendy. <laughs> I, for, I forgot about. Oh right, he just goes like, flying. Dude, in here. like yeah, he just does a couple. He goes a couple. He just gets up. He lands down. He's good. Like what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him, but um, he's yeah, unkillable. This movie, I don't. In in general, like this, just this movie, I think is kind of overlooked when it comes to like everybody got into um the big bombacity of iron man and the whole marvel bullshit that you know started i think it started in like 08 the first one story at a time where this is like here's three and a half stories go ahead (laughs) well i mean even like the marvel stuff has their own template to everything where they have like the hero story and the origin story and all that kind of stuff this this is kind of the the visual the visuals of this, there's nothing really like it, which kind of, you know, begs the question, like, you know, why isn't there more, you know, innovative, you know, film techniques like this being used to adapt, you know, stuff that's not film to film. It's just a risk. I think these days, studio, big studios anyways, aren't willing to take a risk on, you know, something like this, something so different that... May hit, may or may not hit, and it's just the it's just the risk factor. Like they want to make money. This and... movie was only forty million dollars. Only I say that like weirdly, but 
Only $40 million. I mean, like, they didn't if have you to, have something that's this visually striking. Sets. They didn't have to pay for people to build yeah. sets and, you know. So you why know, not, you know? shit around and, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think that, um, I think that, you know, the, the uniqueness of this movie um, kind of gets, you know, kind of gets a short shift, short shrift short shift i don't know short shift kind of get kind of gets overlooked i don't know we'll, we'll i mean i don't that. i don't hear we'll many people that, so. talking about sin city these days no at all you know and so like i hear 300 more than i hear sin city yeah i mean that's that's a similarly like visually striking movie high mm-hmm. contrast you know stuff like that but and that's that's another frank miller joint right yeah so and maybe yeah, we'll I don't do know. that one, you know. I don't know if it's like the, like the the material of this movie, like the hyper violent, uh, like hyper sexual stuff. It's it's that... hard to talk about. You you talk about yeah. the fucking visuals, and then it's like, yeah, it's cool looking, but like, yeah, the soundtrack. I don't remember well, any of the music. I don't. Right. It's hard to remember. It's names like noir. The story stuff. is. It yeah. fits. It's like you said. They're very very simple, flat stories. It's really just. Mm. Something happens and this guy is going to try and make it right. Done. But I th- I mean, when you're look, yeah, for, for like the average viewer, um, there might not be enough to grab onto for them besides the visuals. But knowing that this came, knowing the, like the source material that this came from and that this is exactly how they envisioned this movie to be. And this is exactly what it's supposed to be. Makes me appreciate it even more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even There's... even on a on a level more than just like face value. Uh, like this is a it's a it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's visually striking, but knowing you know the production and stuff behind it makes me appreciate it even more. There are literally no screenwriting credits for this film because good. they just adapted it. Took the I th- source I material straight out. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, I forget who it was if it was Rodriguez or Frank Miller or somebody said that they didn't see it as like an interpretation or adaptation of didn't see it as an adaptation just a yeah. recreation yes right. thank you in a different from medium. one to a medium yeah mm-hmm. which uh, is is a cool way of putting it because it's so faithful to the original material that you know it's it's a good interpret sometimes that works that. sometimes it doesn't especially when you're translating to film um and it's that makes it this even more of an achievement that they could pull it off this well, yeah. you know, because there's there's been other recreations, adaptations that try to stick too closely to their source material and fail. Um, and like, I don't know, I'm I the only thing that comes to mind is the Cats. stupid live action Disney remakes of like they're they oh, take the no animated problem. movie and they're adapting their own movie into a live action format. It's the same movie. It's just fucking Lion CG King, lions. Little Mermaid, like, Aladdin. S- stupid. Yeah. Uh, before hmm. uh, we wrap up, I wanted to just make one more, I don't know, comment on the production. So I thought it was really cool because I was thinking, like, how do they do this? So there's a lot of scenes where it's really all CG. Well, it's all CG, but just like the cars are all CG and... Um, You'll just see them zipping down the road. But you'll have like that 1930s, 1940s style filming where mm-hmm. it's like really intimate, close camera of the person driving the car. Like you can tell it's a fake background. But mm-hmm. uh, they did a really cool shot a couple times. I was like, how do they do this? 
because this is early 2000s. This is, you know, they're still trying to figure shit out with CG, even though it was looking good, but they still had to figure stuff out. But so you'll have the cameras up high and you'll have like the, the car is driving towards us. And then the camera will go up, over and around and behind the car as it drives mm-hmm. down the road. And I'm like, how did they fucking film that? You know, it's like, it's all computer, right? No, it's so simple. It's so simple. The camera goes up and down and up and down, but the car is all rigged on something that just moves around and spins. So the car was being moved around and they just aligned it in the computer to just, just to track the, where the car was going and that's where the road would be. And they just artificially put the, the, you know, moved it around. I was like, that is so smart, but you just move the camera on a crane starts here goes down and then it's just like and it gives us the illusion that it's moving i'm like oh it's so it's so simple so simple this yeah you can tell when somebody somebody's good with the green screen um also the uh they know when and where and how to use it another example that they showed in um that behind the scenes thing that we watched was a lot of the actors were walking on treadmills uh you know when they're walking through scenes which allows them to keep consistent lighting on characters you know in the exact way that they want it when because obviously when you're walking through a physical space the lighting is going to be constantly shifting and changing well the silhouetting is constant in frank miller's stuff so they had to have key lights on all times even though you wouldn't you have to have them that's a really good point it's unrealistic Mm -hmm. unrealistic lighting but it, it matches exactly what you know Frank Miller was going for in that particular scene. So I could watch good point. hours of green screen footage where they do the, here it is. There's a lightsaber on top of the yeah, platform I and now they're in outer space stuff. and they just mm-hmm. do the swipe. I could just see like, that. here they are. And then like, Oh, by the way, no here and here they, you know, I just Lord love that before and after ones. stuff. I just could watch it. If I was, if it's, I own a bar, I would just have like movie production behind the scenes shit in the background. <laughs> and not just sports, but give us some of that stuff, you know? Oh, that's how they made that. You know, come on, that'd be cool. But that stuff is so fun to watch. So this yeah. if you look at the making of it's it's on YouTube. Um there's It's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. And yep. I knew I knew I was gonna Especially have fun one. learning about this movie because it is so like the thing that was selling it is the visuals and how they pulled it mm-hmm. off. And this is like how did they pull it off? No, like we we haven't really discussed the story at all today. Like, this is almost fairly a spoiler free episode, um, give or take a few points yeah. in there. But I want to say, um, with Hardigan though, he's in jail for eight years, and then yeah. like because he doesn't confess, and then as soon as he confesses, he's just he's just out. He's of just jail. let out. Yeah, he's, he's just, just out of jail. Like, yeah. was he out on bail or something? Like, right. I, I I was like, why why is he out of jail now all of a sudden? He was probably out of jail specifically from the senator because they wanted him to go to, I forget the girl's name, um, Nancy. Nancy, yeah. I forgot I forget her, her fake name, Cloetta or Cleopatra or something like that. <laughs> something, with a, something with a C. I uh, yeah, I, for, I forget too. But, why did um, he kill himself? pen name. I know you said this earlier, so I can say it. Why did he kill himself? To protect Nancy. To protect Just Nancy. Because he didn't love. want to go. Okay. Because he, he knew he... if he was alive, they would keep coming after exactly. him. Exactly. Yes. What... So they just wouldn't end kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. Especially yeah. after killing that one I was... guy's kid. I was hoping that he would just go and start murdering the senator. I was hoping he was going to just take That's it to the, the thing next with step. This, 
There's like not much John to Wicket. resolve with these stories. They're really get in and get out. You don't really get like yeah. the the guy like the bad guy gets his cup up and because there's a few bad characters that kind of get away with what they did. I mean, his um was it Mardigan? His um partner partner. Oh Bob, yeah. uh Michael yeah. Madsen's character kind of got slapped on the hands like bro, you try shooting me to death. <laughs> Like eight right. times in the back, like you got shot. Yeah, got I shot thought that lot. was weird too. He picked him up when he got out of jail. He's like, "No hard feelings." I'm like, "You yes. fucking tried to kill me, dude." Very, very hard feelings. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's they see each other. And it's just it, but they're yeah. very comic booky stories. Though. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta mm-hmm. kind of. And that's that what I kept telling around. myself. I'm like, "Yeah, this is this is straight adaptation of a of a comic book." Um, and I feel like you couldn't go, like I said before, you couldn't go too in depth into these stories because they had to fit so many into one movie. You know, they just kind of had to tell them and then move to the next one. But they, you know, it, well, in the theatrical cut anyways, they start with Hardigan. They have the short scene where they, um, where he shoots Rourke's dick off and then he gets shot by Bob and then you think he dies, but he really doesn't. And then like. They do Marv and then um, Clive Owen's story. And then at the end, they bring back Hardigan and resolve Mm -hmm. his story. Okay. That's how the theatrical version goes. Yeah. That's interesting. So that's interesting. I'd have to watch that because that's what I saw originally. But everything I saw was just character by character by character by character. They just reorganized all that stuff. Hmm. That is weird. I'm wondering how you saw that. I didn't. And then whatever the fuck Dave watched, I don't know. I watched the same order that Eric watched. So. Oh, oh, you Which okay? Must so have been didn't... the theatrical. Customers yeah. all right. Yellow bastard. Hard goodbye. Because that, I mean, that's technically Big fat kill, yellow bastard part two. The theatrical version is technically chronological order. Then no, 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 no it's not because when, when Hardigan, Hardigan stuff not. goes back. Yeah. Wait, when Hardigan goes back to the bar and meets or sees Nancy the first time, Marv is right. there. But he's right. already dead in his story, so yes, things are right. slightly out of order. Yeah, Marv doesn't die, does he? Yeah, he you gets electrocuted. Know. I don't know. Oh yeah, electric yeah, yeah, chair. Yeah, he, does. He, yeah, yeah, he could be alive. Is that all you he's bastards got? About. Right, I love that oh, they've shot him the first time. <laughs> Is that all you oh, pussies got? Yeah. <laughs> Is that all you pussies got? Anything else you guys want to talk about? No, I think good. I'm good. I'm ready this to get was, out. This is a really fun one to go back to. It's different. I didn't remember anything about it, and I loved, you know, I like my comic Same. book movies, and um, to seeing something like this that faithfully adapted and to go back to it and kind of relive it again for the first first time again, um, it's really nice. Um, it's nice seeing rec- Carla Gugino's breasts all over <laughs> again. There's, you know, I, I will say movies I saw, naked, but there was well, a whole bunch. Seeing it for the first time, it's I 100% think it still holds up today. Um, like some of the whatever, for some sure. of the special effects when like fucking Mickey Rourke's getting run over and he's flying all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's supposed to be like that, it's, though. That's yeah, like, it's a little cheesy, right, part but, of it. But like, we didn't even say like the dialogue, how cheesy and think, noir 40s, 50s film dialogue is. Like, it matches the filming fits, and the editing and the pacing, yeah. And, yeah. and I think it's beca- because it is so stylized it it doesn't you know it ages well you know what i mean right. like if you can't knows what it is yeah you can't really see the um like even in the backgrounds everything's so stylized that you know it's not going for hyper realism with the right. cg so it works you know 
I was afraid of that. Like, is this not going to look good? But no, it's like, no it's <laughs> I think it looks, looks really good. Yeah, it looks yeah. good. Faux mm-hmm. show. Yep. So, good, good right. stuff. Well, that was Sin City. Um, I'm glad you guys liked it. Um, I can't wait to, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm thinking about watching the next one, the 2014 version that's got That'll more stories from Sin City. Yeah, so. if you watch it, let us know if it's Ooh. worth a worth Hit a me up on the catch up next month. So, okay. All right. All right, we're going to take a quick break here because I'm about to explode. Um, We're going to uh, come back with a quick game with the boys, and uh, we'll see you guys in a couple minutes. And we are back. I told you that would be quick, and I feel so much better now. Uh, we are here. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows that Dave is under the influence of alcohol. What are hey! you drinking tonight? What are you drinking oh, over there? It's Tito's and tonic. We're all out. <laughs> yeah, Dave's going to a wedding. <laughs> Classic. Whatever. Classic uh, we're always we're always having a little bit of something oh, yeah, while yeah. we're while we're recording. So you know, I'm drinking my you know keep it keep it loose. Oh, yeah, keep yeah. it loose. <laughs> Talk from the speak from the heart. So. Um, we're going to wrap up with a quick little game. Um, I couldn't find anything good on noir films or whatever. So we're just going to play a standard round of 20 questions. Classic. So, sure. I feel like we haven't done 20 questions I in know. a while. So I'm, right. I'm it, I feel like I'm fine with that. It, yeah, it, may, it can go either way, but it's, this, it's a tried, tried and true classic. Is this movie or video game? 20 questions. This is movie 20 questions. Okay. So. Um, you guys got 19 questions and one guess. Okay. Um, yes or no questions only. Uh, take it away. Ball's in your court. Right, Eric, you can. Uh... All right. Go ahead. I'll Eric, kick us off here. This. Was this movie released in the 2000s? So like 2000 between 2000 and 2010. Yes. Ooh. All right. Got a hit right away. Does this movie have? Some form of aliens in it. No. No. Does this movie have any supernatural elements in it? No. Okay. Is this movie part of a franchise? Yes. Mm, Okay. Is this movie the first of the franchise? Good question. I'm writing these down. Hold on. First of the <laughs> franchise? No. Do last. Was that five? Uh, first yes, movie? Five. Is, that was a no to first movie in a franchise? It's not Correct. the first movie of a franchise. Oh, intru- that, okay. No aliens, no ghosts. Um, Is this movie take place in modern or present day Earth? I, I, I guess I should say. Yeah. Like for the time it was released. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. All right. Is this a yeah. um 
is this movie based on a comic? This franchise based on a comic book? Yes. Okay. All right. So, so we have guys are knocking some of these down. Or some kind of entry in a franchise. Right. Um based off of a comic. It's uh it could be a one of the like ba- like Batman begins or whatever. What's the first Nolan movie? First Nolan Batman? It could be any of the Nolan Batmans, actually. Well, it's not the first, so it's not Batman Begins. Oh, yeah, it's not the first. So, so it could be the Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. Could be Dark Knight. Could be the Dark Knight. It's also like a Knight. noir film. Oh, not really, but... um, Does this movie have Batman in it? No. Oh. All right. <laughs> Darn. Went shot too early it, for that one. I, I, how many <laughs> questions are we at? That's like eight. All right. Do, uh, so it's based on a comic book. Is this based on a superhero? Does a superhero star in this comic book movie? Yeah. Okay. All right. Just wanted to make sure. Spider-Man, the Hulk? Could be Spider-Man. Yeah, it could be Hulk. Both of those had movies in the 2000s. Um, I mean, it MCU? could be. We, we talked about we Iron Man. We talked about Iron Man, but right. I don't know. Is this a Marvel movie? Man. Is it our Marvel character? I should say Marvel uh, character. This is yes. This is a Marvel movie. Oh, so I mean, the only thing slash character in that time was Spider Man, Iron Man, Fantastic Four, the original, or like yeah, like the the two thousands Fantastic yeah, Four see, movie. We gotta think sequel. We gotta think sequels. In oh, the that's end. right, sequels. So Spider Man Spider Man two, two was three. in the two thousands and three. Yeah, Spider Man three. Um, it's not Iron Man two was not Iron Man two came out in like twenty ten or twenty eleven or something. That was after. Does this movie? I think it might be Spider-Man 3, dude. Why do you think 3? Because it's... Is this, is this a Spider-Man movie? <laughs> no, it's not Spider-Man. Okay. I'll rule that out. Shoot. Were they, when was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies coming out? <laughs> the no, Marvel, Michael Marvel, Bay Marvel. one was... Uh, yeah. And it's Marvel, so it doesn't matter. Marvel. Uh, when was Iron Man 2? I don't think Iron Man 2... 2011? I, I want to say it's out of the 2000s, because Iron Man was 2008, right? Uh, so Yeah. You don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer that, Dave. 2008. Um, I'm like almost positive it's 2008. Damn. It is 2008. The what? original Iron Man. So I think Iron Man 2 is probably... I said 2000, between 2000 and 2010, right? So it Wait could a minute. Be, that, what? But it has Mickey Rourke in it, because that's the villain that's of true. Iron Man. That's true. I just thought of that. It could have came oh. out in 2010. Right, right. I was thinking 2011, but it might be 2010, because they were really starting to amp things up. Yeah, I don't think so. it was the very next year, but 2010, it could be. Uh... Just say, is, is this an Iron Man movie? Is question? Iron Man in? Yeah, yes, is this an Iron my, Man movie? Is, is Iron Man in this movie? It is an Iron Man movie. It's gotta it's be Mickey Rourke. The Mickey in this Rourke movie. connection. Yep that that did it for me. Uh, yes, Mickey Rourke is in this movie. Ooh, yeah, sneaky, sneaky in this. All right. 
Is it? Is it Iron Man two? Yes, it is Iron Man two. Yeah. Good job, guys. Nice. I didn't think you were gonna get it that quick. I thought that was deep enough into the Marvel like little kind of sinkhole. I think that... I like that movie not as much as the first Iron Man. I think Man. I've only seen no, Iron Man two high, like but... once. They had Sam kinda... Rockwell as the villain in the in it and yeah. stuff like that. Or was that the third one? They had Rockwell. I don't know. I they all blend the together now. Yeah, I've seen no, the first Iron Man. I've seen the first Iron Man. Yeah, he was just. He is in this movie too. Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Okay. But... All right. No, good job, guys. Cool. I didn't good think, one. Uh, I didn't think you were gonna get it that quick, but I tried to make a tried to make a connection. I was gonna do something like, I don't know, like Watchmen or something like that that had that same kind of dark, gritty feel to it. But I mean, it's a comic book movie with Mickey Rourke in it, so that's enough connection. Yeah, you know, I like to keep my things connected, so. Nice. Could've, Congratulations. I like to keep you guys things connected. get an all expense paid vacation to Sin City. Oh, you get to can go, we go to Old Town. I don't think I Old want Town? that. I'm going to Old Town, bro. What are you talking about? I'm not saying you're going to come back, but you get to go to Sin City, hang out for a little bit. So nice. Congratulations. All right. Uh, let's get a little wrap up going here. Um, Eric, yeah. why we hand it over to you. Um, if sure. people want to get a hold of us. Tell us everything that we got wrong that we talked about here or tell us what we should watch next. Uh, how well, do we get a hold of us? If you want to get in touch on the social medias, you can go to at Nomads of Fantasy, Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us at the Nomads of Fantasy on TikTok. We're uh, trying to post some more content over there. Um, mm-hmm. YouTube.com slash at Nomads of Fantasy for all the video archives. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Nomads of Fantasy our um you know we stream the podcast episodes live and i want to get back now that i have my own dedicated space again i want to you know we should get some more streaming on the schedule because that was fun when we did the uh, like the overcooked stream and mario kart and stuff so oh yeah definitely want to do some more streaming (laughs) uh in the future um and also discord is definitely the best place to get in touch with us if you want to talk to us directly the nomads of fantasy.com slash discord um, and just the nomads of fantasy.com in general for all your nomad needs. I uh, got the okay. store, all the, all the relevant links, all that good stuff. So um, with that, you guys got anything else before we head on out of here and drive the hell out of sin city? No, I'm good. All right. As always safe travels. Nomads. Deuces. be safe. Not as long as I'm alive. There's only one way to beat him. An old man dies. A young woman lives. Fair trade. I love you, Nancy.